0: Hello there my friends, welcome back to The Hiker Podcast. I've lost count of the number of shows, but we're back with another episode. I'm your host, Owen Hamilton. It's my birthday. Actually, it's not. It's next week. But my girlfriend has surprised me with a trip to Snowdonia this weekend. I've never been, so I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I have a trail in mind um, that I'm going to do on Saturday, but if anyone can recommend anything that could be done in a day, uh, let me know. Uh, Just email podcast at hiker.co, or you can reach out to me on Instagram, Yosemite Ham, or uh, to the Hiker Instagram. I'd love to to hear your ideas. Um, I found the trail I have in mind on Hiker, would you believe? Uh, We're actually adding a serious amount of trails to the UK uh, at the moment. We're at about 3,000 now I think they're thereabouts but we're going to have a lot more in the coming weeks weeks and months. Uh, just head over to Hiker now and you can check these out. You can download the app or head over to hiker.com and find the trail for you and obviously there is a nice little discount for the podcast listeners. Just use podcast at checkout uh, and you'll get a nice little savings. So maybe it's just new to me but I've noticed a lot more people getting into MYOG what the hell is MYOG own, you weirdo, you ask? Well, MYOG is an acronym for Make Your Own Gear. Particularly in the US, this seems to be the next level of UL. All these acronyms. UL means ultralight, but you already knew that. I guess all gear brands must, must start um, with MYOG, like Tom from Adam Packs or Matt from Packs, who joined me on the show previously. But our guest this week joins us from Nelson in New Zealand. Deborah Howell aka Chilibin is a long distance hiker slash true hiker slash tramper and is the founder of a New Zealand based ultralight hiking gear company called Kiwi Ultralight. After hiking the PCT and the Appalachian Trail and the South Island section of the Teoroa she decided to keep the life on trail by making it her livelihood and building products for the Trampers of New Zealand. Sounds familiar. Yes, this is one of the interviews I'd hoped to make part of the New Zealand special that never was, but it was great chatting to Deborah and hearing about her adventures on the trail and meeting the love of her life on the Appalachian Trail. So enjoy my interview with Deborah Howell.
1: So, Deborah, um, how are you? How are, how are things?
2: I'm good, things are super busy that sun
1: is on its way, so that's cool. Like, Yeah, as, as I was cycling in this morning, I uh, felt just an awful chill on my face as I was uh, coming into Dublin city. And I was thinking about that, the fact that you're starting to, to picture like warm mornings and warm afternoons and getting to hike in the sun and, and getting your tan on and all that kind of yeah. stuff. We've
2: had all the doors and windows open It feels like summer and summer doesn't even arrive yet Um, in six
1: months. So, so whereabouts in in New Zealand are you based?
2: So I'm in Nelson, which is the top of the South Island of New Zealand.
1: Oh Nelson, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, So you've quite a lot of national parks nearby.
2: Yeah, we have like three national parks within an hour's drive of the city. Um, One on the coast one at the lakes and one in the mountains. Uh, so we can do yeah everything or you know just for a day if we feel like it. Yeah, it's really, really cool place to live.
1: You're spoiled for choice.
2: Yeah, and I've only lived in Nelson since April. So I have just, it's so long and we just, it keeps growing rather than shrinking. And I keep hearing about all little spaces to explore. That's awesome.
1: Um so do you want to tell me a little bit about your kind of background in in, in hiking? How, how did you discover hiking? How did you kind of get into into hiking?
2: So as a kid, like we camped a lot, just like car camping trips. Um, right from I think I was about six months old when I went on my first car camping trip. But my family never went what we call tramping. I, I don't use the word hiking very often. Yeah. <laughs> um didn't really go tramping. But here in New Zealand, and I think you guys have it in the UK as well, we have the Duke of Edinburgh Award Scheme, which is a program that gets kids doing community service, physical activities, uh, skills, and then also outdoor exploration, which for us meant tramping. And there were these two really passionate teachers in my high school who essentially ran this program, and so as a fourteen-year-old, I got classroom sessions about going tramping and then also taken out um, on overnight trips by these two teacher, teachers who just did it out of the goodness of their hearts, pretty much. Um, yeah. Which was, yeah, yeah.
1: It. yeah, we 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 don't we don't have. A similar kind of thing in our, in Ireland at all we don't have like a we, we, we have like school programs and stuff like that that might be there but it, okay. not ingrained in our culture but I, I, I have seen you know in New Zealand you know in our research of like every single country, like big you know hiking culture uh, country in the world New Zealand just absolutely walks all over forgive the pun uh, walks all over every single country you know you the hiking population there is colossal um
2: well i grew i grew up in auckland and it's probably one of the worst places you can live for tramping really like there's a couple of close by regional parts but you've got to probably drive three or four hours um to get to something what I, which i consider you know good tramping yeah um but you know, once you've done everything within six hours drive, it's when you decide you don't want to live in Auckland anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like there is there is a bit of a, a tramping culture there, all right, but it's just <laughs> you got people that live yeah. there, but they 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 have to organise trips to get out of the city. And and I suppose right now it's kind of difficult with 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 the restrictions that people have to stay within Auckland, and um, they're probably shaking their fists going, "Why do I live here?" <laughs>
2: Yeah, the Aucklanders are doing it tough for us right now, but you know, they don't get tough so that the rest of us can be COVID-free
1: at the moment, which is oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, you know, uh, heart goes out to them. Uh, You know, we've all gone through like severe lockdowns and being restricted to our our cities or, or even like a five-kilometer limit. In, in some, a lot of cases, it's actually, I remember we were, we were limited to a two-kilometer radius at one point here in Ireland, uh, which uh, wow. It, 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 surprises me that i survived that or of will survive that but uh, my heart goes out to the people of auckland um hopefully that will open up soon um so hike, or hiking and tramping were really kind of ingrained in you at, a, at an early early stage in your life
2: yeah uh, I, I first got introduced to it yeah around 14 but i didn't really get into it until i was like 17 uh, which was my final year of high school and a friend of a friend was organizing a trip and I got invited to go along and we went on a yeah big five-day epic adventure and that really sparked it in me and then all the way through university there was the university tramping club and um I don't know, it got I got to the point where uh every weekend or every second weekend you go and find something to do um, and
1: then where did well I suppose like that was a that was a long distance it's like five days that, that that's a long distance by most people's measurements but where did you know the long distance like I'm, for anyone who's listening to this I'm raising my eyebrows when I say long so you know your true hikes when when did that come into I,
2: I found out about Araroa, which is New Zealand's long trail. Um, it goes from Reinga to the north all the way down to the bottom of the South Island. Found out about that in 2014 when I went on a long weekend trip up at Reinga, and I saw some people, they were just finishing off their very first day, and I thought, wow, that's a, that's, that's a cool thing to be doing. And so, yes, two years later, in the summer of 2016 to 17, I walked the South Island of New Zealand, charity, and then the summer of 1718 so one year later i walked north island just because i figured it was better than working <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> and then a few months later i walked the pacific crest trail or most of the pacific crest trail i should say um, in 2018 and in 2019 i went back to the state and walked the apple trail and the rest of the pct so that was like finding out that distance walking existed the start of the end
1: <laughs> yeah 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 once you, it's it's uh what's that the, the pringles uh, this, uh, the, uh, once you pop you can't stop you like you once you get yeah. one you, you want to keep going until your body tells you no
2: yeah and uh to be honest you know just like everybody else in the world right now the only thing that really stopped me was covid i was hoping to walk the t in 2021 and that couldn't happen so sorry. instead i'm here in new zealand so a little bit.
1: <laughs> you're just you're just surrounded by a, a natural beauty uh, yeah. oh well <laughs> you'll just have to deal with that
2: oh <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a real struggle every day you know <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, so what's the what what would your kind of hiking activity be in new zealand at the moment so would you uh, go out to the national parks on a weekend or do you do kind of several days tramping
2: so my husband and I are both self-employed and we both work from home uh, which means that our schedule is not limited like normal Monday to Friday schedule so we usually avoid going out in the weekends Um, we'll go out for overnight or several days during the week and then we'll both just work all weekend because it's it makes no difference to us. Um, but I'm also involved in a, a local women's hiking group here in London, um, which has got a lot of n- new hikers. And uh, so we're going out this weekend just on a, an overnighter. Um, I think for a few people, it might be their first time uh, going tramping and camping. Um, so it'll be a fun trip for different reasons.
1: Oh, amazing. And, and that's so it's a, it's a small local group uh of of women that are getting into hiking and experienced hikers
2: yeah it's it's i honestly i posted on a local uh, facebook group and i said are there some women in in nelson and now we have a facebook group of about 30 people um, and it's constantly growing with more people wanting to get involved so i think there's seven or eight of us going away this weekend
1: amazing so so, sorry this is something that you kind of kick-started
2: So there's a group of them already, but they, I think it was five or six in the group, and they kind of started going, and now we've got a Facebook page to make it easier to manage. I administrate that, but it's, it's very much just a, if anyone wants to organize something, then they chuck an event up, and the way it goes, it's right right yeah
1: and that's that's amazing because there's uh I, I think we spoke about it before there's a friend of mine who's been on the show as well she's based here in ireland that runs a group called gals gone wild and it's essentially it's it's a kind of a, a all female adventure crew like they, they will go and do hikes and do camping trips and but they go surfing they do all sorts and, and everything um but it has created this wave of uh, getting more women in the outdoors um, and more women to go out on their own in the outdoors as well, like go, do like solo trips and stuff like that. Um, would you, Would you do much solo stuff yourself?
2: I used to. I used to do a lot of solo stuff. So I did the whole Cadreola and solo, and then both times I went over to the US, like, I flew over and started solo. Yeah. But since you know, I met my husband on the Appalachian Trail. And you know, now that we're married, we we go out together most of the time. Um, because why would I leave them at home? Next? I'm not just mainly you know, we have such a shared love for, for hiking. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Uh, that's 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 so cool. That like uh, the one person you'll share the trail with is your husband. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like a metaphor. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how that happens because I've had boyfriends in the past who weren't into hiking and it I don't know it just kind of puts it down on things for me like I'd much prefer to share that with my partner than to leave him at home
1: so, I know it's super happy to have him yeah uh, it's, it's lucky that you, you can share something like that because like I, ha- I actually spoken to you know people before um, a girl based in the US who has She's, you know, a, a a serial true hiker. You know, she would she would hike quite a lot. Uh, her name is Becca Bergstrom. Um, she spoke about this openly on the show that, you know, she her partner isn't into hiking at all. Uh, but it's something that they kind of have worked on that, you know, he's happy for her to go out and, and do these long trips because it's what makes her happy. And he'll come out and visit her every now and again. Um, so there's two ends of the spectrum there. You've got someone who will not partake at all uh, and someone that is kind of joint at the hip but like you're both doing it from a place of of love and appreciation for for each other, for each other.
2: yeah and like our appellation our thru hike, both of us none of us could have neither of us could have expected that that trip would have gone like that we met on the morning of our second day on trail and then we walked together for 142 days pretty much like maybe the first five days we kind of saw each other on again off again like around each other but then from you know that point on like we may have well started to get based on how that trip went and yeah. you
1: know, oh that's, that's it the... was
2: very different to my pct hike but yeah like yeah. also so perfect right <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely um it's yeah, it is a it's a little it is a little bit poetic and I'm sure you can put like a lot of meaning to these things, but uh it's it's so funny that yeah the second day into your into your through hike that you you met the guy that you're spending your life with, basically. And and like a, a life off trail then. Um what was that like it kind of adjusting from you know, you've done you've already done the Teoroa, you've already done a good chunk of the PCT or most of the PCT and then you've done the the Appalachian Trail so you you mentioned that you went and completed the the PCT in the same year that you completed the uh, the AT was that was that because you had unfinished business or because you you couldn't live off trail or is a bit of both no so
2: it was it was 100% unfinished business so when I was on the PCT I actually ended up in hospital about 200 miles before oh. the end. Um, I had a multiple pulmonary embolism, so I had blood clots in my lungs, um, Whoa. which was, you know, it's it potentially life-threatening. I had no idea how serious it was until I went to the a, a little community doctor in Leavenworth and they said, you need to go to the hospital right now. Um, so that killed the last 200 miles of my PCT. And so the plan was always to do the AT and then fly over to Seattle and finish off the PCT and I, you know, meeting my husband, we walked AT together, then he went home to his parents' house and I actually flew out the PCT and finished that off myself before flying back to his parents' place because I had to, you know, it's only 200 miles and at the end of the AT, what's another 200 miles to knock that off? (laughs) I
1: think it's only only like 10%. (laughs) yeah i think once you're in that mode you're you're it doesn't matter how far the distance is you 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 have it in your head you need to go you have the endurance you've done you've done all the work so far so it's just a case of doing it really if you have the time and the and the 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 space to do it go do it yeah it was just a
2: logistical
1: thing at that point um yeah i was actually speaking to a guy uh, yesterday he'll be on the, on the show, um, Salal, he's a, he's a French guy, um, really, really friendly, can't wait to, to, for you to, to listen to the show, but he's, he's currently on a, a worldwide hike, so he's doing a round trip of the world, starting in Paris and walking across um, Europe into Asia, Southeast Asia, and then getting a ferry over to South America walking up south america doing the pct going into canada like the the chap is is crazy but
2: wow
1: but he kind of had the the reason why i bring that up is because he kind of had that same mentality of it's just logistics like you just figure it out as you go like you know you've given yourself the time to do this so go you know you'll figure out the details like and and there's probably a place of privilege where like people like that live in Western countries or Western civilization that can say that uh, I am quite aware of that when I say that, but you know he's he 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 like you will have the freedom to do that, and if you've given yourself the time and the and the mental space to go and do it like why why not relish that do you know as long as it's not obviously at the expense of everybody else you know. <laughs>
2: yeah that sounds like an amazing trip yeah and like get that as like a, i'm a i'm a not planner uh, i love just like when i flew to do the Appalachian trail i had knew i needed three days food to start and i knew that i was walking to maine i didn't know anything about the trail in between i people on the trail plan it the whole lives and i was just like this took it three weeks ago Let's you know let's go on another adventure um yeah and make it make it up as you go along it's, it's part of the adventure were,
1: were there any kind of specific highlights along the appalachian trail apart from meeting your, yeah, well, your well, life
2: well yeah that but the white mountains like yeah. the, the whites in new hampshire is just i mean so much of the appalachian trail is green tunnel and mm. i am hundred percent a ridgeline open spaces sort of person um so getting to the whites and getting up on the rocks and being able to see out was yeah. really like a highlight for me
1: awesome um and the and then the pct everybody says the sierras is that would that be the you know?
2: sierras are, yeah they're awesome but i just loved how changeable the pct was like the desert is beautiful in its own way the sierras is Stunning, although the altitude, you know, kicks a lot of people in the butt a bit. And then, you know, the Northern Cascades up in Washington is, you know, its own sort of awesome as well. It's, yeah,
1: yeah, because like oh, it, the PCT it's, is a, it's a great trail. Yeah, it, 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 I get that from um from from everybody, but like, whenever you watch documentaries, though, like whenever you do watch documentaries, it's, it's the crowning jewel within the PCT is, is the Sierras and everything afterwards is kind of like oh this is amazing but we just came from the PC or from the from the Sierra so you know whatever.
2: <laughs> well definitely Oregon is a bit of a letdown down after California and okay. then Washington kind of is a bit of a redeemer at the end.
1: Right yeah 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 Now it's uh it's actually yesterday uh was PCT permit day uh, so um. Oh,
2: today oh, depending on which day you are I guess yes yes exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
1: um so it's uh yeah pct permits at a day today i know this is probably coming out a, a lot later but anyone listening to this that's uh, has or has not got your P- a pct permit congratulations or commiserations uh 2022 yeah. will be will, will be a year Don't, no matter if you're doing the pct or not um so, uh, sorry, we never actually spoke about the TA. So is, was there any particular highlights in the TA?
2: The TA, I think my favorite section of the TA was definitely the Richmond range, which is actually also an hour's drive from where I currently live. Um, but it's generally considered one of the toughest stretches. It's, it's about 120 k's long, I think, and it's almost entirely open ridgelines but like hands and feet scrambling you know what you know razor edge ridges and things like that but a beautiful challenge that will absolutely kick your ass regardless of where you are on your journey yeah, um, yeah.
1: I, I i'm looking forward to seeing uh, i don't know if you follow uh eleanor osborne uh she was it. yeah i saw that she
2: released a new episode this morning
1: actually i saw that yeah, i have to I have to give a, a watch um i'm looking forward to t- seeing her because i've spoken to a, a number of people and they all say the original range is, is incredible um and, and also bruce hopkins another um another guest on the show uh he he has a podcast uh as well about like of a, a, a kind of a live recording of his journey throughout the the ta and the whole time he's in the Richmond range he's like constant like you can see, hear it in his voice how excited he is the entire time it's like this is just bloody incredible it's so good so to hear people's voice and how excited they get you know you're not, you're not even looking at their face and you're already, you can tell you're like jesus that that person is living right now
2: yeah but it's it's just a, a, a cold trail so there's no worn trail on the ground through most of it, and it's just you just follow the pole markers, and sometimes they just like disappear. What seems like straight down a you know rocky, and you're like, you want me to go where? <laughs> oh well, okay, if you say so, down we go. Um,
1: and and there's a uh, it's obviously mixed terrain. It doesn't even kind of say it doesn't really kind of uh, pro- label it properly because you're. Is really mixed terrain. You, you, talk, you, you start out on a beach. You know, you're walking on Ninety Mile Beach for ninety miles. Is it actually ninety? It's
2: about 100, p- no, it's about a hundred Kish. ish.
1: Hundred k. Okay, okay. So that's, it's
2: like somebody stood there and went, "Wow, this beach is huge. It must be like ninety miles long."
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eyeball this. It's about ninety miles.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, you know, straight after Nine and Beach, you go into swampy, muddy forest. Um, And then, you know, there's a bunch of farmland walking, which closes over some seasons because of the the lambing. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you get the mountain, rocky mountains. You get also in the South Island some amazing well-formed trail through beach forests and stuff. It's not all terribly hard. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's easy to talk about the, the horrible hard yeah it's but of, it's it's
1: it's it's right. still a, it's still a trail in progress like the, the trail is only 10 years old you know it's uh, it only i think it only officially opened in 2011 um yeah. and i speak I've spoken to people that have hiked it at different different times and um a guy i had on the show impala he hiked it back in 2012 so it was only within the first okay. official year of it of it actually opening up and he was he's was like this is like proper mountaineering proper navigation like it was really really difficult back then but it's just slowly improving And you know i'm sure there's a lot of sections on it that are on road uh and they're the the, the trail organization are just trying to to move it onto onto trails and, and to form the trails themselves
2: yeah the uh famous last block, last or first stretch depending on which direction you walk right coming into bluff you used to have to walk on the shoulder of state highway one um for i don't know how i can't remember how long it was at least 10 kilometers um and they've officially finished that now they've built a, a, a purpose built it's just a gravel path but it's next to the highway so you don't We're have still to still on
1: the highway yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: but, but not on the highway now yeah. you get a path next to the highway
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it's oh, it's this it's the it's, i i can't imagine the logistical nightmare that it is at uh, developing a trail you know to, some of the, the trails over here in Ireland, like this, our famous, the Wicklow Way, you know, there's a good 20% of the, of the trail that's on roads. Now, a lot of them are quiet roads, but the the, the last stretch of road you have to walk on is a pretty busy road. Uh, and you, you there's no trail, you're actually walking on the road. Um, so I can't, I can't imagine, like, for a tra- trail organization trying to, you know, lobby the government or lobby the council or whoever it is that they have to lobby to be like, people could get injured you know you're talking about putting people on a tight busy road uh but anyway i i i I keep doing this i keep going into like trail politics (laughs) i'm like i I need to stop because someone's gonna hear this and be like uh i'm (laughs) (laughs) lawsuit
2: yeah it's but also like it there are sections of Tadarilla which were a little terrifying uh Mm -hmm. stretch i walked on state highway three and it was rush hour traffic and there wasn't much of a shoulder and it, you know, it was, it was a little scary. Um,
1: and did but, you, uh, talking again about mixed terrain, uh, did you kayak? It was the section from like Queenstown that you have to kayak?
2: So the Queenstown, so this there are some sections in the trail which are designated kayaks or canoe trips and yeah. then there are other sections which are just designated breaks so the one at queenstown is just a designated break there's no official way to get around like and most people just hitchhike or will take a shuttle for that one but up in the north island there's the Tongariro river which is a three five or seven day canoe trip depending on how you decide to do your logistics and how far you choose to go um, and i did that one with a a Japanese guy who barely spoke any English, who I'd only known for a couple of days. Uh, We shared a canoe for five days, which was an adventure in itself.
1: That's amazing. Um, And did you pick up any Japanese?
2: I did not pick up any Japanese, but he had a little notebook where he'd write down New Zealand slang. Okay. And uh, (laughs) asked me to, to define it for him, which was a bit of fun
1: i have to get that notebook off. And uh, I, I, I need to understand that the New Zealand flying. I'm hoping to get out over there soon enough when the borders open up, and do do a bit of hiking. And uh, yeah, I I, I could do with that. I could do it. when it's the same thing here in Ireland. People land in Ireland, and the land, the English that we speak is completely different. Than the English that people in the UK speak. So when they hear us actually speaking to each other, like, what are you guys saying? And I've I've heard two uh, Kiwis speaking together, and I'm like, what are you guys saying?
2: Yeah, well, my husband, he's American, and-
1: Oh, the poor guy. He
2: he is constantly watching, you know, well, people talking, but also the TV, and he's like, oh yeah, that's a new one. Haven't heard that one before. (laughs) I I understand it. Yeah, I always understand.
1: (laughs) Yeah. so I want to ask you a couple of philosophical questions, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, well, I, I labeled them that, they're not really like that. Um, so the first one will be, through hiking, not through hiking, but because of hiking, uh, what have you discovered about uh, New Zealand that you probably wouldn't have known beforehand?
2: That's funny, because I think what I learned about New Zealand from hiking is from hiking in not New Zealand. So, living like growing up in New Zealand, you don't realize how special everything is until you go somewhere else and and realize it. Like our flora and fauna is unlike what I've seen anywhere else in the world, you know. And I went to the US and I saw a squirrel. I've never seen a squirrel before. But you come to New Zealand and we have, you know, the kia and all of the amazing birds and that sort of thing and then also the way we treat our mammals like we just like you walk down the trails here and there's traps right there on the side of the trail and we're trying to kill like my you guys are trying to kill everything but we have no native land-based mammals everything that's here is brought here and is damaging our environment and so we're trying to protect it and you know let our birds flourish again wow. and to me, that's just the normal way. That's how it is here. But you yeah. don't realize that that is really that cool and special until you realize that there's you know, another way of, of things, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. That's a, that's a, that's a new one. Uh, like normally when we talk about like, what have you discovered about your home country? it's it's It is it, like, you did kind of touch on it there. It's like this perspective, but from an environmental point of view, that that's uh, you know every I think every country could have a version of that you know I know here in Ireland you know I don't think I've mentioned this before but because of hiking I discovered about our ecology as well that you know most of the trees that are planted in Ireland are not native trees they're actually from like mid state California and they're abroad uh-huh. because they're uh, they're efficient at growing and we can chop them down and turn them into timber and. The, but they, they're actually decimating the landscape uh they're, they're decimating our ecology so that that's that's a, yeah. a, a nice change in the conversation
2: yeah well and a big one that you see in new zealand is course yeah which you know apparently makes really good hedges in england mm-hmm. because yeah. of the climate but in new zealand it's too warm it goes crazy it it's everywhere it's spiky and it's horrible and it's spread and it's very difficult
1: to get rid of and you know yeah colonialism it, 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 i i feel it there because we have gorse here as well and it is good for 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 hedge grows but sometimes it's it's grown right on a trail and i know i have one experience that we had myself and my girlfriend we were going for a trail run on on a fairly established piece of trail but they decided to grow, grow gorse right beside it and it, it totally enveloped the entire trail and we were getting like
2: our skin was,
1: <laughs> yeah, our skin was completely torn apart because of the uh, because of the gorse and the bramble and it was just disgusting
2: yeah except in New Zealand it's not planted it just is because it, it it's carried on the wind and it
1: yeah
2: it thrives in the in the warmer climate yeah
1: yeah, yeah. um well that's that's a that's a that's, a, that's <laughs> definitely inspired me to ask more environmental questions uh, to my guests but I'm, I'm sure we can definitely go on for for hours about that um, but I want to ask you uh, one other question I am conscious of time um uh, again, it's another philosophical question if you'll indulge me uh, but what does hiking mean to you?
2: Hiking. Can pretty much defines every part of my life right now (laughs) like you know i met my husband hiking i moved to nelson because of the good hiking um i i studied originally as a civil engineer but i quit my job as a civil engineer and now i've got a small gear company because i like to make hiking gear like it's 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 come full circle like everything goes around the community and it's about being out on trail, and I, I can't imagine what could have been had I not gone, you know, when I was a 14 year old, not gone on those trips, and, and where that would have, you know, who knows, I would be a completely different person. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing community, it really is. It's a, it's a global community, and like, obviously, every country will have their own little version of that, and then every city will have their own little version of that and um but it is it, it, it's so translatable it, it, when when you hike you hike and, or you tramp you tramp like when you're hiking in Ireland you you go to New Zealand you might have to understand the weather pattern a little bit better but you might have to understand the terrain a little bit better but it's kind of the same thing it's it, it no matter where you go it is the same thing um so it's that universal language that we all we all love
2: yeah, one foot in front of the other. That's you can, it. You can, you can it. do a lot. You can absolutely do a lot with that. Uh,
1: before I go, I, I, I couldn't leave without asking about your gear company. So you mentioned just there that you're, you're, you started a small little uh, gear company. And, and how's that going?
2: Good. So I launched officially just over two months ago. Um, the company is Kiwi Ultralight. And I'm mostly making down quilts. But also synthetic quilts and tramping dresses because I love to tramp in a dress and I think more women should tramp in dresses because it's great. Um, and I think I'm, I'm starting small. It's just me in my spare room and my garage sewing away on my domestic machine. But it's, it's a really cool way of sharing ultralight with New Zealand because we can't get ultralight gear here yet. Yeah. Um, well-
1: not until you came to town <laughs>
2: yeah yeah there's there's such a demand for it i have a waiting list for quilts that's almost 50 people long right now and uh, i'm you know at the moment i have no down because covid shipping delays just keep getting in the way um
1: but it's but great it's great to hear that you're so busy but i i, I will Put your links and everything into the into the show notes, so we'll make that uh, waiting list a little bit longer. If you, if, if if you don't mind,
2: <laughs> oh, no, it's it's fantastic to get a message out there, um, and I really am excited about hooking New Zealanders up with with lightweight gear. So it's exciting to see where it's going to go.
1: Absolutely, and I, as, as the, the hiking culture worldwide, but as the hiking community does grow, um, there will be more demand for this type of stuff and, and sustainable products as well. And and just from our chat, and I, I know that that's something that you're conscious of and when you're building these products and, and making them for the community, but making them as sustainable as, as, as you possibly yeah. can. Absolutely. Cool okay well I, I won't take up any more of your time i know it's pretty late there it's pretty early here um you're going to bed i'm getting my breakfast so uh awesome. thank you so much for coming on the show deborah um and yeah it's been an amazing chat and uh i look forward to seeing how the the company goes and how the, the uh yeah how, how the company thrives uh, over the next couple of years and uh yeah look forward to seeing all the hiking that you get to do
2: thank you That was really great to
0: That. so deborah has had quite the tramping and, or hiking career i'm never going to get used to tramping i, I don't think i'm ever going to get used to that um i'm delighted to mention that she and her husband cody are actually expecting a little adventure congratulations to you both and i wish you all the best on your new family adventure that's it for this week thanks for tuning in back again next week where i'll be one year older at the ripe old age of 25 <coughs> Happy trails, guys.